Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast, where we are training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. There's just so much that goes with that, but we're going to start with the prevention. So prevention's in the very front end, uh, and that's our groups and our programs that we do where we go into schools. So we go into middle schools and high schools across Tucson, uh, and we present to them, uh, it's, it's called Breakdown. And Breakdown is with a group of 30 youth that also go to those schools, and they present a message of hope and life to these kids that are much different than they're getting from our culture now. Our intervention, uh, which we saw, which just like Sergio and Lorena there, uh, they ended up going into one of our, into our center, uh, and the wonderful story that happened with that, we love it. We actually just opened up uh, our brand new center, uh, and that's right across from TMC, and we, we say it's 200 feet from Hope, and we say that because it's 200 feet from the uh, abortion clinic that we're talking about. Uh, and that where Lucy and her team is at, we're 200 feet from there. And so from before when pro-love would it, were able to be out on the sidewalk and direct people to our center, they were going some ways to try to get there. Uh, now we can just literally walk right across and we're there. Uh, so it's such a blessing to be there, but that's our intervention. Our intervention is our pregnancy center where we provide resources uh, such as free ultrasounds, free pregnancy tests, uh, counseling, uh, and just support. It's, it's amazing to see how many people come in. Uh, I think some of the last numbers where it's in the upper 90 percentile range where people will have abortions because they don't feel like they have enough support. Either if it's from a partner, from family, from wherever it else is coming from, they just don't have the support to feel like they can move forward with that pregnancy. And so that's what we want to help provide uh, at Hands of Hope. The last part of what we do is our restoration. Uh, and our restoration is for those that have had a abortion, and now they're dealing with that. And so we want to come alongside, uh, show them that there is forgiveness, there is restoration, uh, and help direct them to the churches so they can uh, begin to go into that next level of life to see where God has it for them. So that's the three parts of who we are. We're prevention, intervention, and restoration. Now I want to look at my notes here really quick because I only had four minutes and I don't want to go too long. So, <laughs> so... A few of the things that are going on with Hands of Hope. Uh, first thing is our new building. We just had our open house on Friday uh, to the general public. Uh, brand new, just opened, uh, and we're going to be starting that up here soon uh, for all of our clients that are coming in. Prevention, some wonderful things that are happening along this year is that if you guys probably know, to get into a public school as a Christ-centered organization is rather difficult. Uh, the Lord has blessed it immensely this last year. Uh, we were probably two months into the school year, and we were booked for the entire year. And not from efforts of us. This time it was principals and counselors calling us saying, we need you in here to our schools. Um, and so it was an amazing, wonderful open door. We're already booking into next year's school year already 
for those programs. Uh, along with prevention, um, with breakdown moving forward, we're also going to begin to offer parent classes that are going to be going into different churches, uh, teaching us as parents to be able to talk to our kids how to lead a sexual, a healthy sexual lifestyle uh, throughout their lives. And so, and I know how hard that is. I have six kids uh, from two to 14. Actually, my son's birthday today. He just turned 14. Uh, and high schoolers, oh my. Whew. Um, so we, we understand how difficult that is just to open up conversations. And so we're going to begin to offer classes um, for parents in that area as well. Now, the one thing that I do want to uh, just really promote for us is our next big event. Uh, it's called Raise Hope. It's our spring event. We have two big events for Hands of Hope every year. One is Raise Hope, uh, and the second is our, our gala that comes in the fall. But our spring event is Raise Hope. It's actually Mother's Day weekend um, on May 11th. Uh, from 8 to 11 at the Kino Sports Complex. Uh, it's a day for all flam families to come out uh, and just to come alongside and, and show love to our community. Uh, we're going to be inviting everyone out there uh, to really just show them that there is support, there are resources that they may not know are there, uh, especially when they're in that difficult situation of an unplanned pregnancy. So thank you guys so much for allowing us to be here today. If you guys want to find out about any of our uh, any of the pillars, prevention, restoration, or intervention, how to get involved, you can hit up our table at the end as well. Uh, and also with our Raise Hope event, I have a bunch of information over there. We need really volunteers and support in all those different areas. And so if one of those are really laid on your heart to be involved in, uh, we'd love to kind of get you connected where you need to be. So thank you guys. Uh, and I think next up, I'm going to be inviting up here the two team leaders for the For, Lo for Life group, Cynthia and Christy. There they are. Thank you, Ricky. I work at Hands of Hope, so that's I've got kind of a soft spot for that organization and what he had to say. So first of all, Cynthia and I and the whole For Life team would like to thank all of you for carving out in your schedule, putting on your calendar to be at this event. The turnout that we had was just phenomenal. And the chili that was brought, we had such an amazing supply of food. God just really, the fishes and the loaves, I was like, the it, crock pots just kept coming. So we just thank you all for being here, for coming out to support what we, um, what we have a heart for. Um, I'm not going to say thank you for doing what we all should be doing. I just want to say thank you that, that you're here tonight and that you all supplied everything. So first thing I'm going to talk about is what we did last year. God is a provider, and the blessings and provisions that he has shown are amazing. So we want to take some time to look at how our community has also extended the blessings and provisions that God has provided. So over the course of 2018, we did a lot of things in Vail Christian Church abundantly supplied. We filled camp bags for Young Lives. That's the organization that um, supports teen moms. We did camp bags, and we did stockings for them. And not only did we ask you to do stockings, but we asked you to put gift cards in those stockings so that those women could go and buy themselves something abundantly supplied. <clears throat> we had volunteers that ran the carnival. Uh, Darcy Didier led that, did an amazing job, took volunteers and went and helped run the carnival for the Young Lives Moms um, around Halloween. So that was an amazing event that we just know blessed them. And when they, when they go to camp, it's not just for the teen moms, but they also take some of the dads. And um, 
they get to know Jesus. They get to hear the gospel. So these camp bags aren't just little trinkets, but it provides them a luxury so they can go to camp, have shampoo, have some necessities, and just really focus on, on what they're there for. <clears throat> We've uh, participated. We had people from our congregation, our church body, go to the gala, support that. We, um, we also supported Hands of Hope last year with their um, spring event, which was a superheroes for life. Went out, had some fun in the park. So we did baby bottles for Hands of Hope also, over $2,000 in change in bottles. Amazing. Uh, volunteers, just time going. Um, we rolled out to the community groups, all the organizations that we partner with, and some of the community groups went to ABCS and organized supplies. We've had volunteer hours. Um, people are just embracing. So we just, um, we just wanted to take time to reflect on what last year everyone did, the time, the talent, the treasure, the resources that God provides us, the way he's moving. He's moving abundantly. He's moving incredibly. And um, so we just wanted everyone to, to be honored, to, be, to glorify God, and for everyone to see what we were able to accomplish this year. And now Cynthia is going to talk about the things that our For Life team is looking forward to in 2019. We have a lot of things in store, and we're hoping to get more people to come and get involved with us so that we can do um, even more things. So it's so exciting to see what God has been able to do through our church this year. We appreciate all your support and, and all the events we've planned. And um, this year, we're looking forward to doing a lot of these same things with Young Lives and Hands of Hope and uh, More Than a Bed and ABCS. And um, I did want to mention again, the next big event, uh, Ricky mentioned it, is the, uh, the spring event in May for Hands of Hope, and it's a fundraiser. Last year, we did the Baby Bottle Bands bounce back. We're not doing that this year. We're going to um, come alongside them with this event. And last year we raised $2,100 and we want to set a goal of $5,000 this year. Um, maybe not everybody can go to the event, but everybody can participate by giving a little and asking others, your friends and family to help support Hands of Hope too. So hopefully we can meet that goal. I think we can. Um, see, in August, um, Christy mentioned that some of us uh, went to visit the community groups um, to talk about how the community groups can um, do a service project with some of these organizations. And some of the um, community groups have already done that. We want to set a goal for this year for 15 community groups to go and do a service project with one of these organizations this year. So um, we have, I think, over 30 community groups so I'm sure that we can get 15 groups to get out there and do that. So in a little while, you'll have a chance to go to some of the tables and find out more about how you can get involved, either individually or as a group. And one thing we want to ask is that if your group goes to do one of these projects with these groups, that you would let us know. Let somebody on the For Life team know. Let Matt know. Because we're going to keep track of... We're not keeping track of you guys. <laughs> but we want to know if we meet our goal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we want to know when we exceed our goal of 15 groups going to um, serve at these organizations. Also tonight, I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce a new ministry that we're starting here at Vail Christian Church. It's called Care Portal. And Care Portal is a system that connects churches to families in crisis. It's already in place. It's been going for over a couple of years now here in Pima County. And um, this is kind of how it works. I'll explain it just a little bit. It starts with state social workers that identify needs of a family. 
and then those needs are put into a compu this computer system, and then those needs can be seen by the churches in the area. The church can accept a need, and then um, the church has the freedom to meet the need of that family with no strings attached. And it's really awesome because not only do we get to help the families that have these needs that are in our area, most of them are not involved in a church, but um, the state helps us to do that because they connect us with those families that have these needs. In a little over two years in Pima County through Care Portal, churches have served the needs of over 2,900 children and had an economic impact of over one and a quarter million dollars. There's a lot of needs out there, but we can be a part of it and help relieve some of those situations and reach those people for Jesus. Um, so the first phase, um, we're going to roll out through the community groups. So as the needs come in to the care portal system, um, Matt and Elizabeth are kind of going to take charge of that, and they'll contact a community group and say, hey, here's a need. Can you meet this? And that's how we're going to roll it out at first. But if you as an individual are not involved in a community group, I hope you all are. If you're not, you need to be. <laughs> but if you're not, you can um, still find out what's going on. And so at the For Life table, there will be a sign-up sheet. So if you want to sign up for that to make sure you um, get involved with that, please please see us tonight there. So we're very excited about that, that new development. All right, lastly, the For Life team um, continues to pray and ask God for guidance of um, what other organizations that are out there that we might be able to partner with. Matt mentioned earlier about the sex trafficking. It's a big uh, problem in Arizona, in Tucson. And um, we're starting to look at some organizations that are um, fighting against the sex trafficking and, and supporting people who have been sex trafficked. So just be on the watch for more information about that. That will be coming. And also, there may be other organizations out there that Christy and I or people on the For Life team don't know about yet, but maybe you do. So if you find out more information about it or let us know about the organization, we'll check it out and pray about it, and maybe we can partner with those organizations too. Um, I think that's about it. Um, oh, okay. One more thing. If you are passionate about life, and would like to be a part of the For Life team, we welcome new members anytime. We would love to have you. We do a lot of um, praying, planning. We meet once a month, um, organize events like this, and we'd love to have you on our team if you're interested. So again, you can see us at the For Life table. One last thing. If we didn't make it to your community group, there was some that were missed. I know there's some that have formed since we did it. Some kind of fell through the cracks, and honestly, the holidays came, and it kind of got put us to the back burner. So if your community group hasn't had a visit from someone on the For Life team to kind of give you all the information about the, partner, the, the organizations that we partner with, feel free, please contact Matt Miller or any of us on the For Life team and we'll get somebody into your community group. It's only 10 minutes and then we'll leave you all the information so that you can yourself, because there are places that are kid friendly, ABCS, you can take kids, if your community group has kids, you can take the kids to go bundle diapers and sort food. So different needs in the different organizations, but we'd love to equip all the community groups with the information to be able to know where to go. So <laughs> with that, we'll um, pass it on to the next thing. And thank you again, everyone, for coming tonight.
Hi, my name is Mike Taylor. I'm a um, co-director for Air Arms of Love through Arizona Baptist Children's Services. Uh, what we, an Arms of Love part does is, is work with families to get them licensed to, to foster care and also be certified to adopt. Um, we also have seven different ministries throughout this. It goes throughout the whole state, but uh, we, we work from anywhere from uh, before a child is born all the way up to the silver years. Uh, some say, you know, tomb to the womb or womb to the tomb, but it's kind of too late once you're in the tomb. Unless you're Lazarus, but uh, we we do uh, appreciate your your heart for ministry and to touch lives, and that's our goal. Uh, you don't have to be a Baptist to be a part of our, our any of our ministries. Uh, we we um, do things like the food. Uh, you may have heard of Caring Ministries. That's one of our ministries. Uh, we also have resource centers throughout the the city and and throughout the state. Uh, we work with. Uh, Pregnancy clinic. Uh, we also have some transitional housing. We have senior ministries, um, and the focus of of what we do is is providing hope and care to hurting families and children uh, with the hope of making a difference for Christ. Uh, we're we're not here to to say we're better than any other organization because we just are out there like everybody else trying to make a difference for Christ. And, and I just want you to know that it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, there's a place for you if you have a heart to be used by Christ. And, I, and it is my prayer that, that as you uh, have this kind of focus of making a difference for life, that, that you, you use it as an inspiration in your own life to make a difference every day where you're at with what God has you to do. And find a place, find a place that God wants to use you and just experience the, the joy and the, the happiness and the peace that comes as a result of being used by Christ. Uh, we, we just thank you for partnering with us and, and working in our organization. And, and I know each of these organizations appreciate it also. I just hope that, that you will know that God loves you and, and that he wants to use you in a special way. And I pray that you'll open yourself up to that. Um, if you have any questions, you can. I'll be at the table afterwards also. And Grace is next with more than a bit. Thank you, sir. And I will reiterate what Mike just said. There is a place for each and every one of us because everything that we have our children, our money, our homes, our life is from Christ. And he wants us, each and every one, it doesn't matter where, to plug in and be his hands and feet. So more than a bed. Once... Um, we are a support system for foster kinship, am I loud? Foster kinship and adoptive families. So if they get certified and they get licensed from ABCS or they get, and then DCS removes the children from 
their biological family. They can either go to a foster family or they will go to a family member, which can be grandma, great grandma and grandpa, niece, nephews, uncles, aunts, in many cases, even next door neighbors. These children are extracted, they're removed. The trauma of no matter how bad it was, it's the only thing they knew. So they're removed and they're put in with either friends or family or friends or strangers. More than a bit, if they contact us, we can help them get set up, especially for kinship families. They're not prepared. Grandma and Grandpa's not prepared to take on four kids. And I do say four, sometimes six, sometimes a six-month-old. And if you're over 60, six months old <laughs> is difficult. Um, so we help them with beds, cribs, diapers, clothes, toys, um, whatever else we get, we get multiple donations. And God is good. Everything that we have, and you'll see the picture of our warehouse, God has supplied. Our vision is to make every child feel valued because their life is in a transition now. And we want them, we know that nothing is really going to happen unless Jesus is in your heart. So each and every one of us need to look at our neighbors. We need to look at our friends. We need to look at our coworkers. And we need to talk about that. These kids are important. They're our future. And if we cannot stop that awful cycle, it's not going to stop. So more than a bed, we'll try to, they come in, we ask for squeezes, we ask for hugs, we give them love, we give them items, they're joyful, they're happy, they get new toys, um, new underwear. Do you know how many kids don't have new underwear? This is what we do. Um, last year I started a tutoring program because each and every child that comes out of DCS or has been removed, uh, there are times when they go from one home to another home to another home. They're angry. Gee, I wonder why. They're teens, they're children, they're babies. There are many families that go to the hospital because the children were born drug addicted. The biological mom left. Here's the baby. So now we have to call a foster home that will take in this child and the first breath that child takes is to detox. We have strollers. So tutoring, we have six kids that are doing famously with our five tutors I think we have, two nights a week for two hours. And they've increased their grades from C to A's. It's great stuff. That's something that I want to increase. I want to be more than just a bed provider. We need to make a difference for these kids. And more than a bed is, is diligently trying to do that. So we have dreams. 2018, we gave away about 418 
beds. 214 of those were twin beds. Um, I have all sorts of things over there. This is our annual review. It'll tell you what we've done in 2018. It'll have all sorts of fun pictures. Um, we're located midtown, which is a little far away from here. But if you want to take a day trip and come out and volunteer, that would be a great trip. We sort clothes. Um, it does look like Macy's, but that's what the kids love and the families love. They also feel valued. They come in and they shop for no cost. Nothing in our facility costs anything. I have, I have two and three-year-olds coming up and say, can I buy this? No, but you can have it. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. It provides, it gives us a lot of, a lot of love. That's what it gives us. Um, diaper drives, twin sheets, crib sheet drives, toy drives. Um, we never have enough dressers. We never have enough sheets. Every twin bed that we give away, or every crib that we give away, we also give a set of sheets, a brand new pair. So all of this comes out. How do I end this? <laughs> we need help just like every other organization needs help. So it doesn't matter where or how you serve, but serve. And it doesn't matter if how what your age is. I live with my 98-year-old mother, and I bring her clothes, and she takes pins out of the clothes, and she looks at them. She'll sit down, and she'll take care of them. I have two retired people at my warehouse that look through every donated shoe. They clean it. They scrub it. They do whatever they have to do to make it look good. And by the time it comes out to the warehouse, it looks almost new. You can be your age. And you can help put clothes up on a rack. Eight-year-olds, ten-year-olds. I even have two-year-olds coming in. They don't do too much, but... You know. <laughs> but it's a great thing. Come over and look at the tables. Come over and talk to us. Um, and I thank you for being here. Thank you. Andrea. <laughs> Thank you so very much. This is kind of fun because the only time I get a mic is when I'm in front of high schoolers and youth. And so what we do at our event with our outreach, I'm going to do a little with you guys. So if you could stand up and just give two neighbors a high five, because I know we've been sitting a little bit. Thank you. So just a high five. And then you guys can stretch and sit back down. <laughs> yes, thank you for humoring me. So much. So this is, um, I have just a couple of minutes. Oh, thank you, because I'm, I'm short. I have short people problems going on. So thank you, Ben. Um, we are Young Lives, and our ministry is an outreach. We introduce 
teen moms to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. And we get to have fun doing it. So they can see we don't take ourselves too seriously, but then they learn that we take Jesus very seriously. And these are young moms that have said yes to life, said yes to parenting their children, not knowing what that looks like, what their future holds for them and their kids. So we get to do incarnational ministry. Do you all know what incarnational ministry means? Oh, it's okay. I didn't either. So I had to learn. So basically what we do, we are modeling incarnational ministry after Jesus because he became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. So we go to where these young moms, sometimes dads are, and that is in school. So we are a faith-based ministry and we are in two school districts, Marana School District and Tucson Unified School District. And we get to go in every single week, build relationships with the students, as well as the staff, as with the principals. And then we invite the students to our outreach event once a month. The goal is to have them come to where we are. We get to play games with them. We use a lot of humor and songs. And then we give a message of who Jesus is. As we're doing this throughout the year, we invite them to camp. And this is where they get to go with their mentor to youth camp. It's up in Williams, Arizona for a whole week. Not only do they go with their mentors, they also go with their babies. And childcare workers come and volunteer for the week. So we love to have men and women volunteers, teenage volunteers. My daughters have gone up to camp for the week. And it's like a, a missions trip because they're there serving. They pay to go. And it's a life changer for everyone that has the opportunity to come. I would even invite you to come as guests to camp because they get to hear the message every single day. They get to process that. We call it cabin time with their leaders. Then they get to come home with their leaders and continue their journey with their mentors about who Jesus is, and we get them plugged into Bible study. So I only have two minutes, so let me do this really quickly. So I've shared a little bit about what we do, and we've had our first class of alumni that just graduated. We had six of them. They've gone through a two-year Bible study with us, and they are doing uh, serving and volunteering at our clubs, and they want to be volunteers and mentors someday. So we're just really thankful that we've got to journey with them, some for five years, some for two years. So this is a long going relationship. We are looking forward to taking some of our moms to Costa Rica in 2020. So volunteer and I are going to do some scouting at the end of February, but we want our moms to experience what it's like being able to go overseas and serving people like them and serving not only them, but their children, because there is a Young Life property in Costa Rica. So we please pray for that. It's a little scary for some people that have never been overseas and for my husband, because I do these crazy things and he's very patient. We are also um, looking into buying a vehicle because transportation is a huge issue. As you can imagine, most of our moms take the bus to school every day. 
And then my big dream that the Lord has put on my heart for many years is to have a transitional home, a place where these moms can continue and growing in their faith, can continue um, their education, and just having a healthy place to grow, a safe place to grow. How can you get involved? Come and see our table. I do have some friends that are with me tonight that would love to talk to you a little bit more in detail about what we do. And again, thank you for your just the work that you all are doing as a church. It is just a joy and privilege to see you all just participate and come and be a part of what we do, making a difference for the kingdom. So thank you. And I guess there's a video, right, Matt? I don't think that there's another issue um, that I could describe um, regarding me that I'm more passionate about. I don't know if you know that about me. I don't, I, I, I'm not sure. But before we got into this facility as a church, um, I, I kind of got aggressive um, a couple of Sundays um, around the Sanctity of Life uh, Sunday and, and, and that issue. And I, I challenge this as a church to, that uh, we need to be ready to launch at least a team that would partner with all kinds of local ministries in Tucson um, um, uh, that, that, that we needed to be ready. You know, for, for about 10 years, um, we were a church plant and most of those 10 years, Honest to goodness, we were just consumed with trying to survive as a church. We were consumed with just trying to remain being a church because it's just so hard to start a church. It's not as easy as people think it is. It's actually really brutal at times just trying to launch a church and keep it off the ground and just set it up and tear it down and rent a facility and try to just allow it to emerge. And so uh, we were not partnering with really, really good, vital, uh, really important ministries like um, uh, a lot of these ministries here. And so I, I, I think it was partly my fault that we weren't doing it. We, we were not engaged as a church in so many of these significant things that are eating our culture alive. And I don't think as a pastor... I realized how ridiculous that was to even exist as a church and not partner with some of these vital ministries that minister uh, and, 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 and cut to the quick the heart of God. And so I just, I kind of got fed up with myself. And one, uh, one Sunday, I just stood on it really hard. And I said, listen, if when we get to this facility, we don't have something that emerges that is significantly partnering with, because we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need to, to uh, design something brand new. There's so many really good things out there uh, that are available to us just to kind of lean into. If we don't do that, um, uh, I, I don't know what we're doing. And uh, uh, the Lord just, just moved me. And I got to tell you, I preached at least two really good, solid messages. And I took it in the teeth from people kind of within the church a little bit. You don't realize uh, maybe some, and I can take it, trust me, I can take it. 
Okay, I can take it. It doesn't matter to me, but I, I got criticized. You know, you can't talk about abortion like that. I mean, what if there's women in the church that have had abortions? I mean, you're going to make them feel terrible. Why would you discuss something like that? I, I, you, you can't imagine. I, I was shocked at my, myself. Um, I, I was shocked how, uh, how, how hard it was to deliver something like that and still kind of just get criticized for it. But I'm telling you, uh, um, it's the kind of thing that um, I take full responsibility for um, maybe being ignorant myself and not recognizing how important it is for a pastor just to preach it and to teach people that the issues that we, we were just introduced to, 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 to these in just a simple way, but these, these entities that exist to tackle some of the toughest things in our culture, um, it's, it's uh, people like me, it's, our, it's my responsibility to, to, to bring it, so to speak, right into our midst and to challenge us that if, if we're not doing things like this, um, I, I don't know what we're doing. We're partnering in nothing because, it's, it, um, because these issues are gobbling up our culture and the only, the only answer um, is the gospel. The only way to set people free from, um, from this all-consuming bondage is to preach the gospel and to teach people um, about this freedom and to bring this message. And so um, I'm, I'm really excited. It's, it's uh, you know, we have, we, ha- we had a lot of people to say, sign me up, I'm ready. A lot of people, we had a lot of people and we probably got half of as many as, uh, as, as signed up at the beginning, okay? Because it's hard, because it's difficult, all right? And when Matt came this year finally, he said, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, I, I don't know, I, it kind of even snuck up on me a little bit and I said, man, we should really lean into this because, uh, um, oh. because you're not talking about this stuff and I, everything that we talk about is just, it's, it's just ridiculous. And um, so I am really excited and I'm really appreciative that you're here today, that you're here tonight. And you could have been watching the Patriots game and you could have been watching uh, uh, football. You could have enjoyed taking a nap. You could have done so many things. And you didn't, you came here, and you should, right? Take your Bible out just for a minute, because I'm not going to leave without at least drawing some truth out of the text just a little bit and charging you up just a little bit more, okay? Because you, we should, because this is something worth uh, allowing God to kind of ring you out about. If, if the Lord hasn't wrung you to your core yet, if he hasn't squeezed you tight, if the Holy Spirit hasn't pricked your heart, if he hasn't convicted you, if he hasn't said, look, you need to get connected to something. You need to help people. You need to, um, you need to be connected to something here. Um, then let me share some Bible verses with you that if you're dead uh, and, and you're not inspired and motivated somehow by these verses, then, well, then you are dead, okay? Psalm chapter 106. So you got to turn to the biggest book in the Bible, Psalm 106. And get that Bible out from under the seat if you don't got one or you can't log into your, yes, come on, you're right here in the front row, ladies. Find one, okay? Just for a minute. 
I'm going to try my best. Some people went longer than their four minutes, okay? And I'm going to take mine, okay? Listen, this weekend is the Sanctity of Human Life weekend. It's when, you know, you've maybe heard some of the pro-life marches that are taking place. There's some women marches taking place. It happens generally back-to-back right here with Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, all right? And it always comes back to back. And I think the issues are actually somewhat connected uh, that, that surround all these things. But we think, I think that globally and nationally, with all the carnage that comes in, in, in the wake of abortion, in particular, 60 million plus babies killed in America since 1973. Oof. That's Staggering since Roe versus Wade. 60 million babies. Can you imagine? You can't sit around and pretend and don't ever let anybody, don't ever let anybody say this is a political issue. That's the biggest bunch of garbage that's, that's out there. Our culture wants to promote this narrative that it's a political issue. But if this is a political issue, then everything's a political issue. It's ridiculous. This is not a political issue. Okay? This is about biblical truth. This is about, this is about God's heart and what's right. This isn't politics. Don't, don't let the narrative capture this issue. This is an issue that we need to engage with since 1973. At least 60 million babies have been aborted. Plus, it's staggering. This is staggering because of the scope and the depth of the assault on the image of God. Abortion is driven by the treasonous notion that the human self is central and sovereign. That's what that issue, that's what the issue of abortion is driven by. I have the right to treat you as inferior or undesirable. And if I want my baby, my baby is a person. And if I don't want my baby, it's not a person. And if I want her, it's illegal to kill her. And if I don't want him, it's illegal to kill him. So the personhood of my baby and his or her right to be protected under the law are defined by my sovereign desire. That's what our culture says. The might of my will is the right to kill. So abortion is staggering sin, staggering sin that breaks God's heart. And my prayer today on this time where we're celebrating the sanctity of life and we're making our, uh, hopefully making ourselves aware, my prayer is that God, our creator, would be glorified, and I believe he is, in his supreme right over his person-forming work in the womb. But it is God that does that. And that Christ, our Redeemer, will be glorified in his forgiveness for the sin of abortion for all who repent and trust him. That's my prayer. And and that thousands of women in threatening situations of unplanned pregnancy would find the ready compassion of Christ's people before the horror of abortion. I think it is 
no accident. It is all God that, that, that uh, Hands of Hope is 200, free, 200 feet away from depravity. And that you, God's people, would sp- spread across our community and everywhere Christ, with Christ-exalting uh, commitment to the preciousness of God-given life. And there's a lot of issues. Psalm 106, can I tell you what the goal of Psalm 106 is? We're gonna look at this just for a minute. It's in its relationship to the sin of abortion and the cause of life. And I just wanna take you with a flyover of the psalm so that you can see what the big picture is. But it starts with praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his loyal love endures. And if you slip all the way down to verse 47, deliver us, O Lord our God. Gather us from among the nations. Then we will give thanks to your holy name and boast about your praiseworthy deeds. The God of Israel deserves praise in the future and forevermore. Let all people say we agree, praise the Lord. So it begins with praise and it ends with praise. But the, the, that's where the psalmist wants us to begin and that's where he wants us to end when he writes this. What is here in this psalm, with all of its sin, with all of its sorrow, with all of its pain, there's tons of it in here. And, it, and I, I don't want to read it all through. You can read it. It, it, it um, but in the midst of all of this is a reason to praise God. And if you look around at all the treasonous things that are happening in our culture, there is still a reason to praise God. And that means not just to say great things about God, but believe and feel that he is praiseworthy and that he is great and that he is glorious and that he is absolutely wonderful and more valuable than anything else, more to be desired than anything. That's what it means to praise God, to think and to feel and to say and to sing those kinds of things about God. That's the goal of the psalm. And under this praise is a thankful heart at the beginning and at the end. Look at verse one. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And verse 37, that we may give thanks to um, your holy name. And the reason given for why this praise and this thanks are so fitting is verse one, for he is good. God is good. In the midst of all of this ugliness, God is good. For his steadfast love, it endures forever. So the psalmist wants us to see God is praiseworthy and God is good and God is loving. And as we read this psalm, including all of his judgments, so in the midst of this, Israel is in rebellion and full of failure. And you come back to verses three and four. Look at verses three and four, but let's, we'll, we'll, we'll get back there. But I just want to look at the body of this psalm and what it contains. It is a long litany of Israel's rebellion and failures. Here's the list. Look at verse 7. They rebelled at the sea by the Red Sea. Verse 14. In the wilderness, they had an insatiable craving. In verse 16, in the camp, they resented Moses and Aaron. In verse 19, they made an image of a calf at Horeb and worshiped a metal idol. In verse 24, 
They rejected the fruitful land. They did not believe. They worshiped Baal of power and ate sacrifices offered to the dead. Verse 32, they made him angry by the waters of Meribah and Moses suffered because of them. Verse 34, they did not destroy the nations as the Lord had commanded them to do. And verse 36, they worshiped idols. Verse 37, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons that killed their children. Rebellion, craving, jealousy, idolatry, despising God's good gifts, unbelief, necromancy, murmuring, assimilation amongst the nations, serving their gods, sacrificing their children. The list could have gone on and on and on. Why did the psalmist stop here? Why does he stop right there? I mean, the list is unbelievable. I think he stopped. Stopped because most human beings would feel that this was the bottom, the end, the very, very bottom of the downward, sp- downward spiral of dethroning God and dehumanize, uh, the de- dehumanizing of man. They killed their children. Verses 37 through 39, they sacrificed their sons and daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. They became unclean by their acts and, they, they, and, and, and played the whore in their deeds. So there's four things that you can consider right here. And I want you to see all four of these things. First, they the, the sacrifices they were making were their sons and daughters. They're not sheep and oxen. They're actually children, little girls, little boys. They're pouring out their, their blood, probably slitting their throats and letting the blood pour out over the, the altar. Probably more humane than the, discrim, uh, the discriminating thing that happens to babies 32 times each Just in Arizona, something horrible had happened to these people's hearts. And second, this blood is called innocent blood. It doesn't mean that the children had no sin. That's not what it means. What innocent means is that in relationship amongst people, this person had committed no crime worthy of death. He's innocent in that sense. And infants are always innocent like that. God can take the life of of an infant whenever he pleases because he's the giver of life and he owns life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But humans may not take the life of an infant. It's innocent. God has forbidden us from taking innocent life. You shall not murder or take innocent life. And when they sacrifice, here's the third thing, when they sacrifice their children to pagan idols, they're sacrificing to demons, demons and idols. Verses 37 through 38, they sacrifice their sons and their daughters and, and, and on and on. In, 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 in other words, whatever system the world comes up with, religious or secular, that obscures God or contradicts his word or lures people in to seek their happiness by making sacrifices to the system and defaces and destroys the image of God, behind that system is demons. They're real. 
Their ultimate goal is, de- is a degradation of God and the, and the destruction of his people. Demons are willing to send millions of babies to heaven if they can make millions of murders happen here on earth, especially mothers and fathers. That's what they want. They want mothers and fathers to become murderers. And then the other thing here that happens, the fourth thing is that when children are sacrificed to demons, the parents and the priests and the abortionists are playing the whore. Like at verse 39, they became unclean by their acts and they played the whore in their deeds. In the Old Testament, Israel is pictured as God's wife. In the New Testament, the, ch- the church and God is her husband and, and idolatry is therefore pictured as adultery or in extreme cases like this one, prostitution, playing the whore, and when you are cheating on your husband, the last thing you want is a baby. So to satisfy the idolatrous demand of the system, you eliminate the baby. Sons and daughters, innocent blood, sacrifice to demons like an unfaithful wife getting rid of an unwanted pregnancy. These are the same demonic forces. The parallels with abortion are pervasive. These children in the womb today are our sons and daughters. They're innocent of any crime deserving death. Their blood is being poured out in the most gruesome procedures of dismemberment. And we can be sure that the demonic forces behind the abortion industry and behind the, cult, the, the cultural fabric of so-called reproductive freedom and behind the otherwise inexplicable blindness to the daily violence against the weakest persons in the world. We may be sure that the demonic forces behind this are glad for every dead baby, every guilt-ridden mother and father and grandparent and church. Jesus said of Satan, Jesus said of the devil, he's a, a murderer from the beginning and he has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth within him. And in sacrificing our children to, to the, the demons of deceit on the altar of abortion in the temples of planned parenthood, we play the whore. We cheat on God and we give our heart to somebody else. That's the downside of Psalm 106 and its relation to abortion, but it's not the main point of the psalm. It's not it at all. The psalm didn't begin and end with praise the Lord because Israel had rebelled and sacrificed their children to demons. There's a thread of mercy throughout the psalm in these verses, a thread of divine mercy. And that is what we all desperately need, whether you have, whether you've had three abortions or you've been indifferent to millions of abortions. Remember verse one, give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His steadfast love endures forever. Steadfast love, that's the point. And that's what we need. We need to listen to God's mercy and God's steadfast love in this psalm. In verse eight, they rebelled, yet he saved them for his namesake, that he might 
make known his mighty power. In verse 10, he saved them from the hand of, 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 of the foe, their enemies, and, and redeemed them from the power of the enemy. Verse 23, he said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood on the, on the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. He relented at Moses' prayer. In verse 30, as the, as the plague was spreading, Phineas stood up in the, in, and intervened, and the plague was stayed. God responded in mercy to Phineas' zeal for the Lord in verses 43 through 46. Many times he delivered them, but, but they were rebellious in their purposes and, and were brought low through their iniquity. Never, but, but he looked upon their distress. When he heard their cry for their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. That's the kind of God that we serve. God passed over sin. In other words, time and time again, the people deserve to be utterly destroyed. But God passed over the sin of many, including the sin of child sacrifice. He had mercy. He kept covenant. How could he do that? How can he do it for you? For abortion, how can he do this? Paul looked back over God's mercy for centuries. He gave the answer in Romans 3.25. God put Jesus forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, I love this about God, he passed over former sins. The reason God could forgive Repentant sinners in the Old Testament. And the reason he can forgive us today for abortion or for indifference to abortion or anything else is that the death of Jesus, the Son of God, for sin shows that God does not sweep sin under the rug or take it lightly. Forgiving, forgiving it cost the life of his son Jesus. And that was their hope and that is our hope. By faith we receive Christ as the payment for all of our sin. What mercy makes is purpose, your purpose. Back to Psalm 106, verses three and four. We passed over at the beginning. <clears throat> How blessed are those who promote justice and do what is right all the time. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Pay attention to me when you deliver. When you've sinned, like this, and you've received the mercy and the steadfast love of the Lord, secured for you by the blood of Christ. What do you do? What does life become? What's the meaning of your existence now on this side of salvation? What's your purpose on earth? What, what you do is you set your face to enjoy the fullest blessings of God in observing justice and doing righteousness. Like in verse three. <clears throat> How blessed are those who promote justice and do what is right all the time. You know your God now. You know what he is like. You know what he's done for you. You love him. You trust him. And you want his fullest blessing. And to that end, you cry out for help. Verse four. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Pay attention to me when you deliver. You set your face toward justice and righteousness, in this case, for the unborn. And you call on God for help and you act. I want to give you five words of action. I want to end with this. And I'll put five words on that action. 
supplication. You may think your prayers are small in relationship to the magnitude of everything out there, all these problems that we got to deal with. The For Life team is actually really big. I mean, it's endless on all the opportunities that you could be connected to. It's endless. There's five or six opportunities right here and it's endless. You could volunteer all day long just just with one of them, every day. You could invest your life all day long. The magnitude seems overwhelming, but God isn't small. What is impossible with man is possible with God. We just talked about that this morning. Consideration. This is really a big deal. I believe you got to tell the truth and I I think you got to preach it. I think you got to bring it and you got to quit dancing around the issue. But consideration, we have to be considerate of women in crisis like this by supporting or working with one of our partners. See, God's raised up thousands of them in recent decades and they have silenced the criticism that pro-life people don't care about mothers before and after birth. It's ridiculous. Now, you can't say it. But we've got to be considerate and, and, and bring graciousness and grace and help and love and forgiveness and comfort and compassion. And you got to get out your checkbook. And when Pastor Ben gives you an opportunity to buy some lousy chili, you need to write a check. <laughs> 2100 bucks this last year. If we don't make $5,000 this next year, we're pathetic. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. We need to engage in these kinds of things. How about education? Educate yourself. Educate your children. Teach your children. Don't let them, don't let the school system, don't let our culture teach your children uh, the wrong uh, <clears throat> worldview. Don't let it happen. And the people that you know about the history and the nature and the effects of abortion and the pro-life movement, the internet makes, it, uh, makes this really easy and fascinating. Never, ever doubt the need for education. And I hope tonight uh, you're convinced, at least some. Get down there and tour the Hands of Hope facility. Um, um, take a class. I mean, we hosted, um, I didn't make the list. We, we hosted um, uh, some foster uh, investigation kind of classes and then we hosted the class to become a foster parent. We've, done, we've been doing a lot of things like that. Maybe you need to sign up for some of those things. Some of you got plenty of room in your house. Canterbury's got six or eight kids and they're ready to take on some more kids. I love that. Some of you, some of you got plenty of, plenty of room. I don't know. Some people are reluctant about this next, next one, legislation. I'm sick of being reluctant about things like this. The business of this church isn't to engage in partisan politics. I don't know, though, anymore. It's getting ridiculous. We've got the greatest power, namely the freedom and the power to speak prophetically uh, into the moral and spiritual dimensions, dimensions of all issues, utilizing the truth of Scripture. But you, as an individual Christ follower and a citizen, <clears throat> you've got the ability to engage in the democratic order 
And I think part of our calling is engagement precisely at the political level and the making of laws. And we got enough fools in there making and messing uh, with our laws. What's wrong with Christ followers being a part of this? I know it's difficult and it's hard, but man, somebody's got to sit up and engage. You're needed. And I would urge some of you to to get engaged uh, uh, with wisdom. I'm praying that more and more of us would sense God's leading into political vocations that so deeply need the depth and integrity of Christ-exalting wisdom. What is happening? I'm I'm sick of listening to the fools on our television sets legislating and making or not making or just sitting around and whatever about with our laws. But here's the last one. It's called proclamation. This is our main calling. Our main calling and our greatest gift to the world is the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus. We are too timid with the gospel. I mean, the only way any of these issues are ever solved is with the gospel. It's the good news. It's the answer to everything. And the church is the hope of the world. This is the only message that gives pardon for the agents of death and the power for the agents of life. It's the only, it's the only thing. And since we have all at one time been children of darkness, the blood-bought pardon of Jesus has got to be precious to all of us. That's where we start. We don't earn that with pro-life action. It's a free gift. It needs to be about the gospel. We need to be about the gospel. When's the last time you presented the gospel to anybody? It's about the gospel. It's about the gospel. It's about Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. That's what's gonna change the world that we live in. Uh, What do we do? What's next? We will, in the power of our undeserved pardon, pursue with joy the fullest blessing of God. That's what we should do. Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteous all the time. Righteousness all the time. If you're not signed up with the four life team to engage with one of these teams, I don't know what you're doing, but you're goofing around. This is, this is the stuff that we need to be a part of. Our teenagers, our kids, our families, our seniors, everybody needs to be highly connected to what we're talking about today. To what we're talking about today. I got a, totally got preachy today, <laughs> tonight. I've been thinking about it too much and that's what happens when you give me too long to think about it. I've been waiting like a whole year. (laughs) Maybe I should uh, uh, preach it a little bit more often. I don't know, I'm trying my best. I'm certainly plagued by um, deep flaws, (laughs) Uh, certainly. But I'm never gonna apologize um, for uh, bringing, bringing the truth right in front of us and trying to motivate you and inspire you and, and uh, challenge you to sit up and engage. If you've been just goofing around, I'm calling it goofing around by not engaging with something through our life, uh, for life team. Um, 
Change, change your way. <laughs> Repent. Think of it. Think of uh, what's happening here and how desperate our world needs this kind of a message, right? This kind of hope. This kind of hope. Would you stand up with me? Tom, aren't you next? Are you last? I probably took some of your time. Where are you, Tom? Are you last? Come on up, Tom. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I probably messed it up for you. I got a feeling you're supposed to pray eventually. It's going to be a stand-up address, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's a, a, a tough act to follow. Thanks, thanks, Ben, for your words. Um, wow, what an what a exciting night to celebrate life. Um, I hope you're encouraged and, and challenged as much as I am. This has uh, been good. Uh, did want to thank a few people before we uh, close tonight. Um, first of all, I want to thank all you guys for coming out. Um, this is, you're the body, you're what makes it happen, and I really appreciate you being a part of this. When we first started talking about this, we thought, okay, maybe 70, 75, that's what we'll plan for, uh, but we forgot this is Bell Christian Church, and you guys, you guys turn out for this stuff. You guys serve, you, you honor God, and we appreciate you being here. Either that or you like chili a lot, so... <laughs> Uh, also, I want to thank uh, Matt and uh, Christy and Cynthia. Uh, they really worked hard to make this uh, happen, especially when the logistics changed <laughs> last week and, and uh, we realized we were going to have to accommodate this many people. So I appreciate the work they did and uh, making this happen. And uh, then especially last, I want to thank all our guests that were here uh, for sharing with us and just also for the work that you do in our community. Um, and just giving us the chance to partner with you. This is, uh, we could come up with some things ourselves, but we couldn't do it as well as you. So we really appreciate you letting us come beside you and, and partner with you and, and be a part of this. Um, so with that, I'll just uh, close this in prayer. I know that um, they only got to share a little bit. They have a lot more to share. They have a lot of great stories. Uh, just the Hands of Hope getting the new facility is just an amazing story. Uh, but so please, please go over to the table, talk to these people, find out what they're doing, and partner with them. So if you'll uh, just pray with me now, and then we'll be dismissed. Dear Father, we just thank you for this evening and, and just this chance to celebrate life, Lord. Father, we just thank you for life and, and just that uh, it's so precious to you, Lord, that uh, you, you just... Uh, are just so excited about life, and, and you give it to us, Father, in, in so many ways. Lord, just help us to be, uh, just see things through your eyes, uh, just love people the way that you love people, and just uh, honor and respect uh, all human life, Lord. Father, I just uh, thank you again for uh, these organizations that uh, we're partnering with, this, for the work that they do, Lord, just... Uh, being out there on the front lines and, and just being uh, deep in the trenches in these issues, Father, we just thank you for their willingness to do that and just let us partner with them. Father, we just uh, pray that you just uh, take everything that we do and say and, and just bring glory to your name. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.